Hi, welcome to our podcast round here. Uh, we will be discussing different spooky things from around this area in which we live in. The Brazoria County area of Texas. My name is Brandy. I'm the mom. I'm Lily. I'm the youngest, cutest one. I'm Elora. I'm the eldest one. Okay, um, so this, this episode is not gonna be, like, a fun, lighthearted one. Um, I started diving into the Jane and John Doe's of Brazoria County. First I found on Unidentified Wiki, which is a weird wiki to have, there were like four, and I was like, okay, I can do that. And then there were like links off of those pages to like the Doe Network and the Name Us um, pages and stuff. So I clicked on the Doe Network and I did a Brazoria County search, and then there were like more, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, I, I can do more, that's fine. And then they were. And more. then I did a, li- a, a search on Name Us and. Yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot more, which kind of just... I had anxiety from, like... Like, I started trying to do this, like, on Wednesday. I wanted to get a jump start on the research part of this, and you know, and the research, so I wouldn't have to, like, push it down to the last minute like I pretty much always do. And I was legitimately having anxiety. Like... I was looking at the pictures and the names and my heart was beating fast and my stomach was hurting and I was starting to shake and my breathing was getting shallow and I was like, what is going on? I I mean, I was like really having a rough time and I don't know, I don't know why. It's like the other, the other two cases that we looked at, I wasn't, I wasn't having an issue. Well, not like this. I mean, it made me sad and it kind of made me depressed, but it didn't affect me like this. So I'm not really sure why. Maybe. Maybe in your past life, you were an unidentified. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Unidentified victim. Jane Doe. John Doe. I don't know. Um, speaking of Jane and John Doe, for the purpose of being just... I don't know, clear, I guess, and we are sticking with Jane and John with the understanding that these people could have been non-binary, but biologically, their DNA identifies them as one or the other, Mm -hmm. and that's how we are identifying them, by their DNA, not, not by how you know they lived in life because we don't know we don't know these people and that is why we're getting this out here that was <laughs> that was a beeline to mama mama hello <laughs> what did you want a booty what did you want i made you her in here or something get where you're going cat yeah. you look you need some pants put some pants on why don't you have pants on? Say hello, Speech. Okay. Bye. Make... I was. I don't know if I left off talking about something. 
Anyway, okay, yeah. So we're we're omitting the non-binary aspect in this. Just we're referring for to them as their sex. Yeah, not their gender. Ah, uh. <laughs> there wasn't like any. She was stabbed seventeen hundred times, and her eyes were ripped out. There isn't well, any of that. No. Right? Um. There are a couple of gunshot wounds, mostly. Unfortunately, they are unknown causes of death. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are the worst kind. Mm-hmm. How do you even? Okay, the very first one is. Um, it was in 1918 in Sweeney. Sweeney Todd. Oops. <laughs> they have. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna read what I wrote down. An unknown man in a soldier's uniform disembarked a train in Sweeney in 1918. He was ill and died while receiving medical treatment without giving his name or any details about himself. A gentleman named Mr. Herman Vesey, a World War I veteran, was the postmaster at, the, at that point and arranged a funeral for him. Mr. Vesey tried to find any information information he could for the man through writing letters but was unsuccessful where were his dog tags uh he didn't have anything he didn't have dog tags he didn't have a wallet he didn't have any kind of identification mm. it's fishy well Maybe. see well, Maybe. yeah we'll talk about that after <laughs> um uh, he was unsuccessful. He continued searching up until his death in 1963, which I thought was really, really honorable. I mean, he had no, no reason. No ties to this person. Yeah, he had no reason to. Um, others had become involved, but to no avail, the man would remain the lost soldier of Sweeney, which is something that I coined. Veterans, cool. Veteran groups put flags around the gravesite through the years until finally in 2000, before Veterans Day. A Delmar Pettigrew, the cemetery caretaker, did a cemetery record deep dive and rediscovered the site. An Angleton company donated a headstone for the grave. So the grave, gravestone reads, America's unknown son, unknown birth date, passed away about 1918. An angel to the parents of every missing son, a monument to the wife of every missing husband, a hero to the children of every missing father, a prayer for peace in every American heart. Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so my my feeling about that was not to diminish the need to find out who this person is, but I feel like he could have been anybody who just took a soldier's uniform and my thought behind that is not to put any kind of recrimination on this person i'm also assuming that he's white because i feel like in 1918 had he not been white I don't think it they would have been noted yeah. or well, i mean i don't want to say that he wouldn't have been taken care of it, i don't know um, I mean, I was surprised that they gave, you know, a, a John Doe a headstone anyways back then. Well, so, I mean, they, yeah, it was just a marker. Well, he was a veteran. I mean, he was a soldier, or so they thought. My my thought is, if they narrow it down to, yes, for sure he was a soldier, then that's a uh, more narrow field 
of finding out who he is than to think on the lines of maybe he was just wearing a soldier's uniform. But there are no more details other than that about this person. There's no other, like, there were no other links for this 1918 finding of a body. Or not body, of a person. It doesn't say whether or not he spoke English. doesn't say if he spoke at all. He just didn't give his name or anything where he was from or anything like that. So I don't really know. There By the were, time he got sick, it was already past communication. I guess so. And um, there were... The trains were always full of soldiers anyway, so I feel like, you know, maybe they could have talked to the soldiers that were on the train, but I don't know. I don't know how much of a, an investigation went into this person. We don't even know if he was from Sweeney. Well, it's unlikely that he was from Sweeney, but... Yeah, so, I mean, it's really... It's a really shallow field, but... Unfortunately, there is no contact information about this um, about this person. Like, the, he has no number. He has no identification number. So, but if for some odd reason you feel that you know something about this person, um, you can call the Brazoria County Sheriff's Office at 979-864-1225 and um, I, I guess just say you have information on the unnamed soldier from 1918. On to the second one. In 1985, the Doe Network case number four, no, 343UFTX she was found approximately 50 yards east of the intersection of intersection of Country Road 49 and Country Road 94 in Brazoria County. This was a okay. Female remains found December 16, 1985. She was thought to be of Hispanic or black heritage between five inches or five not five inches between five five feet to five six five feet six inches her death was approximated to to have occurred six months to to a year prior to discovery the cause of death determined was determined to be gunshot Gunshot wound to head. That's the only way. Speech! She's like, oh, yay, more room. <sighs> the whole thing! Thank you. There's probably going to be everything on the ground now. You butt much. Okay. <laughs> Her age was 17 to 16. Dope, 17 to 26. Hair color black slash brown. Wavy about 5 inches long. Her, that's what her hair was. Her hair, her hair was... Never mind. So I guess it was just like mostly skeletal remains? I guess. Yeah. That's surprising to be able to... Oh, did know. I... Ah, oh, dang it. Female skeletal remains. Did I just say remains? No, you said skeletal. skeletal. Oh, I guess it was in my brain. 
Good job, bro. Sometimes they're able to get um, some tissue and stuff, the soft tissue where the skeletal remains. They're just mostly skeleton. Yeah. It's just really sad that it took that long. Uh, she had a fracture on the eighth rib, on her eighth rib, and partial spine. How do you say that? Bifida? Spina bifida occulta? Oh, I think. And partial spina bifida. 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 It was always spinal bifida. Spinal. Spina. No, spina bifida occulta. Um, her dental and DNA are available, but no fingerprints. She was wearing a small Raffaella. Mm-hmm. Small Raffaella red pullover sweater with three three quarter sleeves. Um, that was. Palais Royal brand, HIS. Yeah. Just HIS. Sure. Is that like a brand? I guess. HIS I blue. HIS blue jean. Blue jeans with twenty twenty eight inch inseam. Her jewelry was Q and Q woman's woman's watch with square face and maroon or brown leather band. The inscription on the back was <clears throat> Japan CBM. Is this still? There are ten of them. And that was just the beginning. So I'd like for this oh, okay, to that be an ongoing thing. I don't know if I'm going to have to do like another like bonus episodes just off of my own and do this. But I would like to get through the, the list really before we talk about any other True crime stuff. I'm good with that, even if we can't put all of these people in the same episode. I'm okay with continuing on that list until we're done with it. Because it... I mean, I don't mean just this list. I mean the list of Brazoria County unidentified. Yeah. I just feel like it's an important thing to do. Okay, um, the next one is from 1993. The case file is 189UMTX. It was, there was a male body found on March 24th, 1993, found in the Gulf of Mexico. He had brown hair. His race possibly was white or Asian, specifically of Vietnamese heritage. Um, he appeared to have been heavy at one point and showed signs of extreme weight loss. He had a healed fracture to the left palm under the pinky. Um, his body was found about 35 miles from Freeport. His clothes, he was wearing um, a gray hooded long sleeve sweatshirt. Underneath was a white short sleeve t-shirt with Corona Extra Sun Surf Suds Spring Break 89 on it. Um, white jockey type underwear. 33 by 31 size Dickies brand work pants one sock with three blue stripes on the top <sighs> I don't know why this bothered me they had a picture of the shirt and it was mm. clearly just they had lifted up the guy's hoodie and took a picture uh. of the shirt on the body and I was just like I don't know it kind of took my breath away I'm when I saw it that's disrespectful 
Well, I mean... You're going to take a picture of something. Take it off the bar. I don't know. I think he was probably just... They were taking pictures of the scene whenever they found it. When they found him. And then... Uh, uh, Lily, you might... I don't know. Um, this is sort of significant. I don't know if you... It's a characteristic of males. He was uncircumcised. Oh, I don't... Which seems like a lot of information to just sort of put out there and for it to be personal. But, but when we're talking if, about finding somebody, yeah, that might be the yeah. difference between, oh, no, it's not him, and, oh, that might be him. Yeah, if it's, yeah. So, I, I just, if it seems, it's personal, but it really does feel, like, irrelevant. It is. It is relevant. It's... Kind I'm of so sorry, sir. Just because it has to do with that part of the body means... I mean, like, you know, you could... Like, the... This is a unidentified woman, and it could, like... It could be describing your best friend that went missing, but then, you know, it says she has had a breast enlargement sur- surgery or whatever. And like, oh, that's not my best friend. Right, yeah. Or, that is my best friend. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm not everybody worried. goes around knowing whether their friends are circumcised or not. Right, but, but I mean, a, a parent might. Yeah. Um, or a friend of a parent or somebody. I mean, this is 85. Obviously, people... Or no, no, it was 93. I'm sorry. Um, obviously, people are still alive. That, no, anyway, um, his age was determined to be anywhere between 30 to 50, which is a huge gap. 30 to 50? 30 to 50. His height was estimated to be 5'6 to 5'8. His weight was estimated to be uh, from 135 to 150. He was approximated to have been dead four days prior to discovery. His cause of death was drowning. And there are dental, um, I would assume, DNA available as well. But it didn't have it listed. But dental records are available um oh we didn't for the 1985 case if you have any information about that with the woman who was her remains were found in the field oh what um her remains were found in a field not a field i'm sorry oh. i'm mixing my cases <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't they were found um in the county road 59 Oh, no, wait. Hmm. They were found at the intersection of County Road 59 and County Road 94 in Brazoria County. If you have any information about this person, even if it's the tiniest... 50 yards from there. Yeah, even if it's, you know, even if it's just the smallest amount of information, like maybe you saw someone like that or you heard somebody talking about it. Yeah. You can call the Harris County Institute of Forensic Science at 713-796-6858. The agency case number is PA850414. You can also call the Brazoria County Sheriff's Office at 979-864-1225. Their agency case number is 854 Six seven nine five. The Brazoria County Justice of the Peace. Speak to Mark Adams. 
His number is 979-864-1402 or you can call 979-864-2236. You can also call the Texas Department of Public Safety at 512-424-5074. Their agency case number is U08010013. The NCIC case number, which I don't know what that is, but um, it's apparently a, a an important case number that you can you should give this number to any the NCIC number is the number that you use for any agency that you call. Their case number is U four five zero 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 four two nine two. The man found on the beach or found drowned in 1993. If you have any information about this person, you can call the Texas Department of Public Safety at 512-424-5074. Their uh, agency case number is for this case, for the, the Corona shirt-wearing man at the beach, is U9311004. The NCIC number, the number that you can use at any of the agencies, is U22000469. The case number for this, for this, okay, the case number is 889UMTX in 1998. Male skeletal remains were found in a field 100 yards yards away from State State Route 6 State Route 6 in Manville, Texas. The body had most likely been dumped. Cause of death determined to be beating. Uh-huh. Front upper denter work. Yeah, upper denter. Oh, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. His front upper dental work appeared to have been done in to appeared to have been in, been done in Mexico skull was located first then more bones found next found neck found ah, found the next day doe network quotes years years after those bones were found another man beaten to death was located in some in in same area of Iowa Lane I wonder if it was the same person who put those poor people there. I think... Hold on, she has to finish the quote. Oh. Eileen. The road itself is rather isolated at night, but is still in view of high, in view of Highway 288. The proximity to the highway suggests the killers and victims were from somewhere else. Okay. I think, I mean, there are a lot of ways to die and all of them are very awful, but getting beat to death? Mm, no. I think that's got to be up there as one of the worst. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you never know unless you experience it, but you can only experience the worst way to die once. Yes, true. The contact information for this guy was, is Marvel Police Department. Manful? 
police <laughs> department. Manville Police Department. Sergeant. Sergeant. Oh, goodness. Sergeant J. Kaufman. 281-489-1212. The NCIC number is 6. You? Is that you? Yes. It's you. U one zero nine. Do I say the little thing? Dash. Do I say the dashes? Sure, why not? Dash U dash one not zero. The dash before oh, the oh, U. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. U <laughs> dash one zero nine nine six one five five two. You were precious. Okay. Uh, here's another one. This is case number five that we're talking about here. Well, our case number five. In 1993, the case number is... The uh, Onadon... The... I think this is the Doe Network number for this case is 1349UFTX. Okay, um, in 1993, female skeletal remains were found the east side of Iowa Lane in Manville, Texas. Like right where that was. Which uh, um, leads us to uh, the conclusion of the Iowa don't Lane. Go to <laughs> don't go to Manville. Don't go to Manville, Iowa Lane. Glad that he's not working there anymore. All right. Um, they the remains were found by a prison work crew while doing roadside work. The bones of the victim had previously been, or some bones of the victim had previously been found by city workers and misidentified as animal bones. Uh, mm. um, the race could not be determined. They did not believe her to be of black heritage. She had brown or black hair found with the bones. Um, they were fragmented and shattered. There was a massive head trauma, mm. although some of the damage to the skull was uh, ruled to be postpartum. Or, I'm sorry, postmortem. Postpartum. Postpartum. There was not, they were not able to do any kind of facial reconstruction. Um, I forgot to mention. And the, the woman in 1985 with the red sweater and jeans and the watch. They have pictures of a, an estimated, um, I guess, you know, the facial reconstruction of her. They have that posted on the the websites for her, the like Doe Network and stuff like that. Also, there was for the man found in Manville. There was a sketch done of him that was, eh, but you know, again, it was you know what they could do. Okay, she was thought to have died a, a one to three years prior to finding her remains. She was thought to be 18 to 31 years old, of Asian, white, or Hispanic descent. She was thought to be, or estimated to be, um, five foot one to five foot six, from 100 to 140 pounds. She had a recently healed fracture of the left third rib and right eighth or ninth rib um she had extensive dental work done or that had been done and um 
DNA and dental records are available. Her clothes, she was found with red bikini underpants. They were thought to be a size small. Her remains were found... I don't know why this bothers me so much. Her remains were found wrapped in a white blanket or mattress cover, tied in a large knot. She's put in a sack. There was a blue washcloth or towel or blanket. They were sort of wishy-washy on what it was. Piece of cloth that wasn't a piece of clothing. Yeah, that was found near the bundle. Her cause of death was a gunshot wound to the head. So all they found regarding the clothing was the bikini underwear? Yeah. Um, one would hope that they would be able to get DNA off of any of that, but that was 1993? 1993 and DNA. All they could do was gather it. They couldn't really do much other than... This is more like, hey, we're going to gather this evidence in case we can analyze it in the future. I just really get super, super dizzy. Like, just, like, room-spinning dizzy. That's weird. We need, uh, incense. I'm just not breathing properly. Yeah, we didn't do incense. Like, two. (sighs) So, okay, we're belatedly lighting incense. I mean, I really, I was just not breathing properly. <laughs> this is not any kind of spiritual attack or anything. Yeah, that's what kind of freaked me out. The room started feeling weird. Huh? The room started feeling weird. Really? I, I literally, like, it was, I mean, I am stuffy. I'm always stuffy. I don't breathe properly ever, so the idea of being dizzy is not foreign to me. Yeah, but, like, right at, Like, right you before said you that, said, I just got dizzy, I got alerted. <laughs> Alright, like, young miss, if you are here, I'm getting this again. <laughs> if you are here, none of us can help you. We. This is how we're trying to help this you. This is how we're trying to help you. If you need help talking to someone and getting your message through, you have to go somewhere else. We can't help you. Well, none of us speak to spirits. Uh, you can hit up. None of sh- us are prepared to mess with that kind of thing. Yeah, it would just scare us, and then would be no good to you. So if if we're just talking to the air, that's fine. We're talking to the air. But if somebody can hear us, if you know this woman can hear us, please contact someone else because we can't help you. And it's not that we don't want to; it's we just don't have the skill. We don't have the tools. This is our tool. <laughs> <laughs> Say something. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Because that was weird. Because uh, like right after you said that you you were dizzy, I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo. <gasps> that was weird. Well, we just low key smudged the room. <laughs> <laughs> Incense. Well, it's uh, sandalwood and nag champa, so it's pretty good stuff. Nag champa. <laughs> nag champa. Nice. Nag champa. Uh, if you have any information regarding this case, you can contact the office of ah uh, the office of Brazoria County. Um, speak to Sharon Derrick 
No, it's the office. Mm. If you have any information regarding this case, you could call the Office of Brazoria County Justice of the Peace. You can speak to Jer gosh, Sharon Derrick at 979-864-1402 or at 713-796-6858. Um, the agency case number is PA93084. The NCIC case number is U28004093. The former Doe Network hot case number is 1511. Um, I think the hot case number is basically a featured, like when they're featuring them and they're concentrating, then they give them a hot case number, but I don't know. What ruled out them, like, they basically left up the heritage, other than what ruled out them thinking that she was black? I do not know. Because I find that weird. Like, they're like, we don't think she's black, but she could be anything else. That's confusing. I, yeah, I don't know. They do they have specific skeletal markers? I don't even, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, with Julie Davis, they thought that she was Hispanic or African American, and she was white. You know, it's like so. Some of oh these, some of these early race determinations are really off. So I mean, that's it makes it even more difficult to. DNA she, is the she way to might go. Be black. Yeah. Well, I mean, she might have, but uh, you know, nobody said anything in any of the. Yeah. Are you talking about in this case? Not the one we haven't spoken about yet. No, I mean like the one that we just got through talking about. No, I just it. The I can, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's like they ruled out that specific race, but none else. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. DNA wasn't available then. It is available now. Hopefully, they've tested these people's DNA, but there are so many unidentified people that it's hard to get to them especially so when you have the identified people they have to worry about yeah. when they have active murder cases that they have to try to identify who who committed murder and you know stuff like that it's hard to get to, to cold cases kind of makes you wish you could hire teams to go in and do stuff like that if I had a lot of money I think that's one of the things that I would do I would yeah. dedicate it to Mm, dang it. <laughs> I'm getting dizzy again. Breathe, Ma. Breathe. Yep. Into your nose. Out through your mouth. Into your nose. Out through your mouth. My anxiety is presenting in the form of dizziness. <laughs> Can I, have I don't feel anxious, though. Um. That. Hot Case Doe Network. One five nine one. In nineteen eighty five, May twenty eighth, a Hispanic male body was discovered lying in a ditch on east 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 side of oh County Road forty eight, off the American Rice Canal Bridge, Brazoria <sighs> County, Texas. He was estimated dead for one day when they found him. His age was either 18 to 30 years old, a big gap again, height 
5 feet 10 inches or 6 foot 10, 2 inches. Um, 220 to 240 pounds. Not a little guy. No. Uh, he had black hair, brown eyes, and a mustache. And a beard. Well, stubble. Well, it says beard here. So. It says beard stubble. Beard. Maybe turn the page. <laughs> so uh, he's oh. he has black hair, brown eyes, mustache, mustache, and beard stubble. He had a mole on his left cheek, and huh? Exactly. And left side of face. Yeah, he had a mole on his left cheek and left side of his face. That's how they had it written down. I don't know okay. what it means. He he, he round three. Or eight inches? Three slash eight inches? Three eighths of an inch. Oh, three eighths oh, of shit. an inch. I didn't know if that was like three or eight or three uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. eighths. Skin discoloration or circular birthmark on lower left thigh. Toenail fungus. Aw, oh, poor guy. Uh, his clothes were a blue and white checkered short sleeves western shirt. Western. What's a western shirt? But no. Yeah, but not probably had pearl buttons. Snaps. Gray pants. Amazing. Black black dress belt. He had white jockey underwear. Black socks. Black loafers and. Sounds like he was going somewhere. I know. Like he, he sounded like. To me, I'm picturing like he's um, he likes he's um, dressed up to go to like a country club. Something. Well, well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't they know didn't what. have, like, the brands on the the clothing, which would be kind of telling. You know, if they're Walmart brand or if they're higher price brand. They didn't have any jewelry or a wallet or any other identification, as far as I know. Get a watch. Or a watch. Uh, in quotes. Oh, Madeira. Madeira. Madeira brand, brand gold-colored watch. Um, dental and DNA was available, or is available. The Texas, Texas, Texas Department of Public Safety no, number is 512-484-5074. Agency case number is 8544729. And the N... NCIC? Oh, you can use this number for any agency. The NCIC number is U-08002225. Medana or Medana? M-E-D-A-N-A watch, oh. not Madeira. Oh, it does look like an R though. Sorry, uh, my bad. It definitely sounded like he was done up to go somewhere. Yeah. So I black don't. shoes, black pants, black socks. Yeah, he was dressed up. Black belt. Yeah, usually, if people are people who can afford to get not afford to get dressed up, but people who take the time to get dressed up to go somewhere are expected or they're known by someone. So the idea that this person is just wasn't claimed or identified is just bewildering. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't, f they found him the next day. They didn't find him 
a year later, kind of the next day, and there's no cause of death listed. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the deal with that is. Uh, so if this sounds like someone that you know or have heard about, please contact those numbers. One of those numbers. Uh, you can, any of these cases, you can, um, you can contact them anonymously. You do not have to give your name. You do not have to give any kind of personal details or anything like that. Okay, anyway, number seven, case number seven is uh, from 1979. The Doe Network number is 832-U-F-T-X. Uh, on uh, December 6, 1979, skeletal remains of a female were found in an unused rice field on County Road 82 north of State Highway 6, approximately 10 miles west of Alvin, Texas. The partial remains with soft tissues were recovered with no clothing, no jewelry, or personal items. Um, she was thought maybe to be biracial white and black of, of white and black heritage her teeth were in excellent condition and may have she may have been buck toothed there is dna available and accessible at unt i don't know what that is i'm assuming it's a dna what what's it called Col things. collection agency anyway the reference number is um f-2423 mp I don't know what any of that means, but if you're looking for DNA, chances are you've come across those numbers before, so you get it. Um, she was thought to be somewhere between 20 to 50 years old, so she's in the adult category. Uh, she's thought to be five foot nine. She was thought to have died a year prior, and f for whatever reason, her remains were initially thought to be male. Um, there's no reason why. But that was listed in the Donut Work notes. Probably or, just have like narrow hips and narrow uh, ribs. Well, they thought they were male first, but now they're identified as female. Yeah, and that, a male skeleton would have narrower ribs and narrower pelvis. Really? I thought females had narrow. The, the female pelvis is more like this. Right, the female ribs are more like oh, this. Oh, yeah, enough to move out. Female pelvis is you know, built for babies so it's wider. Oh, well. That's why it's birthing hips. Color me educated. Yes. So she probably was very slight. Oh, maybe. Okay, uh, so yeah, so you can, if you have any um, information about this person or you think you've heard through family secrets or, you know, your weird uncle's best friend said something strange about it one day or something uh, you can contact Forensic Sciences M-E-O-I-D unit at 1-713-796-9292 their agency case number is M-E-O-P-A-790263 you can also contact the Texas Department of Public Safety and the okay, the missing persons clearinghouse section at five one two four two four five zero seven four or one eight hundred three four six three two four three. 
the Brazoria County Sheriff's Office at 281-756-2218. The uh, agency case number for that office is 79258866 for this case. The former hot case number for this specific case is 1508. The NCIC case number that you can use for any of these agencies is U280039088. Um, the hot case number for this one is 0178 and 1974 January 26 a white male was found floating in Brazos River behind Oakland community oh time of death approximately one week prior oh age estimated 20 to 30 years old approximately uh, his approximate weight was Hey, look, a white boy. Oh, 140 pounds to 150, 150 pounds. Probably had to lowball it too, based on what his body weighed. If Probably. He was in that river for a week. Yeah, approximately. Uh, his approximate height was five, five foot six to five foot eight. Yeah, eight. Black hair, brown eyes. Uh, he had irregular scars across his torso. His dental records available. His clothing Sorry. were was a black shirt, green socks, and no pants. The Harris County Forens- For- Harris County Forensic Science Institute number is one seven no one nine seven nine eight six four. One four zero eight. An email you can email, uh, I guess, if you have any information. Yeah. Is do I spell it out? Yes. M E O. Is there an I there? No, no, no. M E. Yeah, M E O I D unit. M E O I D U N I T at M E O dot H E or is that a C? Nope, that's a C. Yeah. H C T X dot net. M E T. Agency case number is P A seven four zero zero one two. Okay. Um number nine. The uh the Doe Network case number for this is three four one five U M T X. This is from 1977, October 2nd. The skeletal remains of a male were found on Surfside Beach, eroding out of the sand at low tide. They are thought to possibly be a passenger on a ship, on the ship SSVA Fog, with two Ds, which exploded and sank off Freeport on February 1st. 1972, or possibly from a passenger, they were possibly remains from a passenger on a boat that sank in 1975. The teeth were in poor condition. He had a well-healed right fibular fracture, or um, a lower right leg injury. Remains were found with a brown boot measuring 11 inches from heel to toe. 
He was estimated to be white, 50 to 70 years old, 5'8 to 5'10 in height, and uh, it was estimated that he was had been dead one to five years prior to discovery. Dang. That's kind of reasonable if, they, if it was a shipwreck. If you have any information about this case, you can uh, contact the Brazoria County Sheriff's Office and speak to Mark Adams at 979-849-2441. The agency case number is 1977-1884. The Harris County Medical Examiner's Office speak to... The name is spelled L-U-I-S. I never know how to pronounce that. If it's Louis or Luis or... L-U-I-S. So I'm just going to say Luis because his last name is Sanchez. Luis A. Sanchez. I think Sanchez. it might be Louis. See, I'm, I always think of like Louis too, but I think it's L-O-U-I-S is Louis. So I don't know. Louis, um, anyway, Louis. A Mr. Louis. Sanchez, chief medical examiner. Um... The number is 713-796-9292. The number, the case number is PA77-0126. The NCIC case that you can, case number that you can use for any of these agencies is U-81001-8926. Last one. Last one. The case number for this is 123 one six FTX in nineteen eighty uh November ninth uh a skull was found in pasture located on east side of Country Road uh, two hundred three two oh three at at intersection of Country Road two oh eight and Country Road two two seven. Nine miles south of Danbury after a flood. A white female from ages eight, eight, 10 to 20 years old. So she was little. Pre-30? Yeah, they didn't know. They they just knew that from her bone structure, I'm assuming because that's all they had, but oh, from the bone structure sometimes they can tell like pre-30 the bones haven't fused all the way. Yeah. So I'm assuming that she was... Uh, Estimated 10 to 20, but definitely pre-30 years old. Okay. Um, dental and DNA is available. Office of Brazoria County, Mark Adams, JP. Justice of the Peace. 979-864-1402. The agency case number is PA81. Zero zero six five, Harris County Institute of Forensic Science, MEOID unit, is nine seven nine eight six four one four zero two. An email you can contact is MEOIDUNIT at MEO dot HCTX dot net. The NCIC case number is <laughs> U 
six eight zero 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 four eight four one. The Harris County Institute Forensics Forensic Science account uh, AC number is U zero four zero one zero zero five. Texas Department of Public Safety Missing Persons uh, Clearinghouses number is five one two four two four five zero seven four one eight zero zero three four six three two four three three and we're done? Uh, yeah, well, I need to get a candle. Let me go get a candle real quick. That's for the lost? Yeah. Lost, but not forgotten. Goodbye! No, no. <laughs> okay, so, um, we are going to light a candle for the... We're going to light a candle for the, I don't know, we would call them the lost souls of Brazoria County. I think it's a little bit too melodramatic. Is it? I was kind of thinking it might be. No, just like the way we had a hashtag for a girl we talked about last time. Hashtag for the lost or whatever. Okay. So, uh, okay. Um, our, Not before the lost. Our hashtag for this candle will be hashtag for the lost. No, the you have to do, lost. you should be like, candle for the lost. And then when you light it, you say, you know, if you want to. Okay. Sorry, that sounded Do you want to light your own candle? Okay, we are lighting a candle for the lost in Brazoria County. People who were unidentified and for their parents, for their siblings, for their friends, for their cousins, for anyone who knew them and loved them. We have not forgotten. We may not know who they are. We may not be connected know. to them in any way. We may not know what to call them. But we have not forgotten that that they have not been identified. We we see them, um, we hear them the best we can, and we're trying to help the best we can. I don't know what else to say. If you would like to, if you would like to join in remembering the people that have been lost and uh, unidentified, you can light a candle with us and share it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. With the hashtag Candle for the Lost. Yes. Or Candle for the Lost in Brazoria County. Either or both. We encourage you to look. I will share the links for each one of these cases on our Facebook page. Uh, probably on Instagram too. We encourage you to look through them. Um, share each one if you can. Um, it's important. This doesn't have to do with our podcast. This has nothing to do with the popularity or the wide, like, spreading our podcast. This has to do with the people who are unnamed and have no faces. Have no answers. Have no answers. The families that have no answers. This is the only thing that we can do to try to help with that. Um, so if you don't have any information, please just share the information. So they're not just a file number. Mm -hmm. Their bodies may have been found here, but you never know when they, where they were from. Right. Okay. Um, you can contact us or um, find the information about these cases 
um, on Facebook, the Round Here podcast. You can contact us through Twitter at Round Here PC, on Instagram through at Round Here podcast. Uh, you can email us at roundherepodcast at gmail.com. Now. Goodbye. Hold on. I have something else to say about the 1985 case of... Include it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it with this running and then y'all tell me whether or not you want to include it. Because it might be sensationalized stuff that you think isn't appropriate. I was, whenever I started, whenever I started, uh, researching these I was like I said I, I got four in and I was getting really really anxious I was having the beginnings of an anxiety attack I think so I reached out to my sisters and they were like you know it makes sense because you're, you're thinking about you know lost people and it's probably playing on fears that probably playing on fears of you know being forgotten and you know your children going missing I'm like yeah that makes a lot of sense uh, but even with that, I still was feeling disconnected and feeling strange. So I contacted my witchy group and I was like, okay, this is what's going on. It's kind of weirding me out and it's aggravating me that with the other cases, nothing was happening. I wasn't being bothered, you know. I mean, of course, you listen to or you look at cases about people that have died and you're going to be bothered like a normal human is bothered. But... This was really affecting me emotionally, and I, I wasn't getting it. You know, I was like, "This is, I, I don't usually respond this way to this kind of information." Be and, even being as empathetic as you are, and uh, their witches being witches were all you know. The veil is thin. You're probably feeling people trying to contact you, and I honestly don't know how much of that I hold to. I really don't. I think anything is possible. There were some some instances where some of the, one of the ladies was making some connections that she said she was talking to some spirits and she was making some connections with some of the ladies in the group that seemed to be really meaningful for them and it was really specific information. And that was really interesting to watch and see. But the idea that anything would contact me just seems kind of silly because I, I don't have that as far as I know. <laughs> So they were telling me, you know, put up your shields. And I'm like, I don't have shields. I don't do that. You know, I don't I do not do that. I don't, you know. They were like, well, do the mantra that you do to calm down. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. And um, they were like, put it aside and come back to it later. You're clearly not in a state to, to work on it. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I put it aside and I didn't work on it for the rest of the day. And, oh, no, no one of the ladies, she was like, you know, she kind of did the chat window hands up basically thing and said if you want I can see what I can do but she said that she speaks to spirits so I'm like why the hell not nobody else knows anything about any of these people so if anybody has the possibility of contacting a spirit why not try I don't know her personally I just know her through the group she seems like a pretty down-to-earth person so I was like you know okay sure so she 
she said, send me some links. And so I sent her the link was a 1985 lady because there was a picture. She's like, if there are pictures, that's better. So it was a uh, reconstruction picture. So I gave that to her and she came back with it. Um, she gave me some information. She said she, the woman was contacting her and she was upset. She said she was getting the names Jermaine and at first she said a Rhonda or possibly Rolanda but then later said that she was getting more of a Yolanda and um, she was listed as being uh, Hispanic or possibly African American and the woman said that she is black just straight up she's black and she's proud of it and she doesn't know what any of this african-american stuff is which kind of holds to the 1985 you know pre-labeling everything something different and she said that she was not from around here that she was kind of upset because she was confused and she didn't know what had happened to her she didn't know where she was and she couldn't get much else from her. She thought it might possibly have been a custody case. Which number was this? This wasn't like the second one. So that might possibly have been like a custody case. Uh, the woman that I, that I was talking to that was saying that she was communicating with the spirit. She was getting a custody case feel off of it, but then she said later she was getting more, it kind of changed more into where the woman said that she thought she was pregnant and the father or the person she told was the father may not have been happy. It was the woman that was shot in the head and left in the field. She had the red sweater and the HIS jeans and the watch. Um, and the black slash brown curly hair. She didn't like the pictures of herself because she said her nose was wide, but it wasn't flat. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, whether or not this was legit, I couldn't tell you. That's the only case that I sent her. She wanted to sit with it for a while because she was, said that she was connecting with it. Oh. Um... So what do y'all think? Do, it's should pretty we, interesting information. Should we include it, or does that make it more of a like a sensational? Does it make know. it more? I feel like it could help, even if it isn't. I don't know. It probably <coughs> if there is something somebody, if there is somebody listening out there that could know the person and hearing that, they could be like, that rings some bells. Like and that stuff. is that's her. You know, yeah. Like that, and then they could get some peace out of it, knowing that, or whatever. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We are new at this, so we're apologize. Meh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We are new at this, so things are still a little choppy and we are still learning. But thank you for joining us for the ride. If you enjoy 
listening to us be silly and chat about silly things, then please subscribe and follow and leave us a comment. But again, we are new, so please be kind. Thank you.